Welcome, everyone. Oh, boy. Fly Guys I'm Podcast still. 101. 101, how to use electro electronics. Featuring Cameron Klein and Justin Goodhart. Cameron, I'm not even going to ask you how you're doing today because I can already tell. It's been a day. Let's just put it that way. And uh, it is a hot one. Well, I shouldn't say hot, but it's a warm June afternoon here in Newtown, Pennsylvania. Cameron Klein, once again, uh, alongside Justin Goodhart, bringing to you the 101st episode of the Fly Guys podcast. Cameron, let me let me let me throw some some ice on in, into your hot soup for a sec. There's a lot to reflect on over the last week. There's a lot. You and I went to the Phillies game last Friday. That was just boatloads of fun. I don't think I've had that much fun at a game up until that point in a really, really long time. The seats were great. Weather was phenomenal. You saw one of your old coworkers. We watched bomb after bomb after bomb after bomb. It was, I think, the best baseball night I've had maybe in the entire time I've been going to Phillies games. I think so, too. Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I appreciate what you're doing as well. I'm extremely pissed off. Yes, yeah, so let, let's just right, let's angry. just let's just clear the air. So Cameron and I have a very specific setup. We've been doing the same setup now for 101 episodes, and recently it was what do you, what episode do you think it was we brought in the uh, the soundboard? Like had to have been with it somewhere around 80, something like that. Yeah. So we've been using this soundboard to play in our intro, play the sound bites, play all that. Now typically it goes into we record through my laptop and Cameron provides the soundboard through his laptop. The last two episodes we haven't been able to do so because my wire is frayed. I ordered another one this morning. It didn't get here when I uh, thought it might, or rather I ordered a couple of days ago. It didn't get here when I thought it would. So we're recording on Cameron's laptop. Last week when we did episode 100, Cameron was concerned that his soundboard and recording it wouldn't be able to coexist. Yeah, because I pretty much what I would be doing was I'd be recording with the laptop and also providing. Input with the out- it'd be, input, it'd be and my output, output yeah. and my input at the same time. So I was wondering, like, will that work? And I don't he was know. Nervous. I don't see why it wouldn't, but I don't know. But it, but it did work. That was it the did. point. It and we even, we, you even, great. you even joked with me after going, man, thank God that worked the way because I was kind of nervous about yeah. that. We're getting ready to set up for this episode, and for whatever reason, I have not touched anything on the fucking mixer. We never do. We never touch anything. And different. I have, I didn't change anything on my laptop. I haven't recorded anything since last week. So when yeah, when we plug everything in the same exact goddamn way as we did last week, it, for some reason it's just not working. Now, and if you couldn't tell, Cameron, he's like he's he's like at the at the very very top of his head before the steam finally uh, allows to be let out. Now, typically, Cameron, I'm the one that's supposed to be all the yelly yelly uh, angry guy. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to tell you, hey, you know what? Forget it. It's fine. It's one episode. We got to live without it because I'm gonna have my cable afterwards. We can try and fix it then. We're gonna be fine. Yeah. Um, who's not going to be fine, depending on what decision they make, will be the Philadelphia Flyers, and we'll get to that in a sec, because Bruce Cassidy is now a head coaching candidate. Yes. But uh, I want to start off by talking about the Philadelphia Phillies for just a quick moment. Yeah. I, I come in here. You're obviously feeling already annoyed. I say to you, I'm in. I'm fully in. And what does Cameron Klein say to me? <laughs> he says to me, I'll remember that. He says, I'll remember that. Cameron is cautious when he comes to his fandom. And this doesn't just come from being a Flyers fan or a, or a Phillies fan, a, a newly uh, you know uh, baptized Phillies fan over the last few years. This comes from just, one, I think your general knowledge of sports, knowing what happens in Philadelphia once a little something starts to go our way, and also being a Miami Dolphins fan. But, Cameron, you can't deny one thing. This team absolutely – absolutely was ready to move on from Joe Girardi. And I'm not talking from a front front office standpoint. I'm talking from a player's just emotionally not invested in anything that guy was saying. It's yeah. obvious. It's obvious. Yeah. 
and I didn't think, and I did not want to say that the manager would have as much to do with a turnaround as what the Phillies have had over this last week, but it's kind of hard not to think that given the results. Right, because it's pretty much been an, an immediate turnaround. turnaround. The first game without Girardi, you and I were at. What do they do? They hit five home runs. They score ten runs. Yeah, ten runs. And, yeah, and yeah, if yeah, yeah, there's yeah. the there's the famous uh, video of Cameron going, you know what? I got a better idea. I'll just play you the video. Yeah. Because it's one of the greatest things I've ever yeah, heard. Because yeah. Cameron – also, by the way, Cameron's my hero. Went in slides what? and socks. Oh, yeah. And it's not that I disagreed with his decision to do that. It was more of my fear of ever going out in slides and socks for what people might say. And you just went to a stadium with 30,000 people and said, I don't give a shit. Yeah, what? Yeah. There are, it's, it's summer. It's summer. Everyone can 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 f off, dude. It's summer. I'm gonna go and I'm going feeling comfortable. I asked my fiance because I was kind of thinking the same thing. I'm like, is it appropriate for me to go and slides and sandals? And she's like, yeah, like women wear flip flops all the time. You're totally fine. Yeah, that was me. That was me, and that was me. At my amazement that I could wear slides and, and socks. That's the other thing, too. A lot of people are just like, oh, I hate slides and sandals. These aren't sand or socks and sandals. These aren't sandals. Well, they're not sandals. I agree with that. Like, yeah. they're slides. There's a difference. Everybody who wears, unless you're going to a goddamn pool, why would you wear just bare feet with your slides? I don't need to see your nasty-ass toes. I'm, gr- I'm with you. Like, what? if you're just walking around casually, because what am I going to do? Wear slippers in, in the summertime where it's hot already? No. So get off my case about the goddamn socks. <laughs> you're, you're getting out your frustration that way, huh? I am, yeah. What happened? What just happened? Because you just made a face. <laughs> Dude, Odubel Herrera just freaking launched a double deck two run home. Did he? Did it's he? now eight to two Phillies. Dude, they're just crushing, man. <laughs> they're just crushing. Dude, but do the how game... can you be mad? The Phillies are going to win seven in a row. Yeah, whatever. Dude, you care. I don't give a fuck what you're saying. It's right fun. Now. It's fun. You're, but like no, what my I didn't want to I don't want to piss on your parade when you first came over. I was just saying. Oh, he always oh, pissing. My thought, yeah, because my thing is just like how how often does do we as Philadelphia fans do this, where it's just like oh oh like they're playing really what, well right what now. What did I tell you is the reason why we're desperate to see good baseball uh, yeah, in the true. city. That's true. Oh, here's yeah. the thing: the Sixers, the Sixers getting out of the second round. I don't think shocked a whole lot of people. Right. Everyone kind of knew this team. That team wasn't going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. The expectation when we talked to Jack Fritz, we said. This team is good enough to win 91 games. And then they come out and Yeah, we asked him under and over 88 and he said and he, over he said, not he said even stop fun. being cowards. Let's go yeah. to, let's go to 90 plus. Yes. They start the season like what? They started it terribly. Yeah, really And bad. over at one point they looked so dead there was talks of you got to start selling pieces. You got to start to rebuild this all over again with a Bryce Harper. With a Bryce Harper, you're going to rebuild? Right. You can't. You right. can't. You're not. And then the, the articles, the Phillies are just mired in mediocrity. They're not good enough to ever contend. And maybe they're not. I'm not saying that a seven-game win streak changes the entire complexion of what this franchise can be. However, what I will say is this. If they had won seven straight games, 10 to 9, and had to hold on to, dear, oh, my God, are they going to blow this you know, type of lead – then I would say to you, yeah, this is probably not sustainable and it's not going to last. And no winning streak is ever sustainable at the end of the day. But starting pitching has been good. And it really has been good. All year. Pretty much all year. Yeah. The bullpen, up and down. No other way about it. If they're it gonna, was the bats. It is the bats. It, it was the bats. That's, they weren't that playing the well. That wasn't happening. And now it's happening. June Schwarber, yeah. by the way, while we were trying to do that, Kyle Schwarber hit another home run. That's now He's now up to 15 on the season. I, I did see that. They did yeah. pop up on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, Cameron, just going to point out, I really like the Phillies blue jersey, and I love my decision to go with a Schwarber. Yeah. 
I, I like was it looking too. at either him or Castellanos, and I'm like, I'm just feeling sh- Blue Schwarber. I'm feeling That's it. That's cool. That's but cool. the other thing. Castellanos is my fucking boy, though. I know. I, I love Castellanos. I, he's I my boy. He's, he's going to snap out this little cold streak he has. Once he gets hot, you haven't seen Castellanos. Even with the cold hot. streak, he's still one of the best hitters on the team. Once he gets hot, dude, yeah, dude, he's so gonna, like, I'm he, not, he can carry care. a team like to the end of the earth. I mean, again, I, I mentioned it when he first came on the scene. My man's wearing Jordans. He's rocking number eight. His favorite television show is Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> he's my favorite player of all time in any sport at this point. It, that's not true, but you know, I love the guy. I love the guy. Um, yeah, no, it's it's cool. And don't get me wrong, like I, I I because it's the bats that are playing better. I I think this is more sustain. I think what we're seeing now is more. I think it's. Can this team score six runs a night? Yeah, they yeah, can. yeah. Like I think I think what we're seeing right now is just. Uh, uh, an over-explosion because they've been held back. Uh, I just want to make sure we're not prema- prematurely you know, exploding. That's, no, not prematurely. This is post-maturely. This is way <laughs> too late into the season. But like, I, I'm, my point is, is that like they, they've just been frustrated and haven't been hitting well, and now all of a sudden they're having this hit bonanza. I think it'll bounce out. I don't think they're going to be hitting 10 runs a game every single game. Now, but like you said, six, can they do, seven. Can they yeah. do between four to six a night? Yeah, four uh, and, to seven a night. And yeah. they were doing... One to three. It felt like that before, and now they're to me they're they're over overindulging. It's going to come back, but it's still going to meet the balance, which is like you're saying six to seven. I do think it'll be a lot more sustainable than it is. So I do think that this is more of signs of things to come. I don't expect it to be ten runs every single night, no. but uh, yeah, I just I, at the same time I also think, um, dude, Philadelphia fans, we do this all the, all the time. I, we're, the Flyers fans are doing it right now with. With, like, I don't know, I'm kind of optimistic about the season. Why? What has changed from now? We don't, since, even, we don't even have a head April. coach yet. We don't even have a head coach yet, Cameron. Yeah, but, but I'm optimistic because if, if Ryan Ellis comes back, who knows? Okay, so we're just going to convince ourselves then. We're just going to convince ourselves that everything's fine. That once Ryan Ellis is back, everything's going to be good. And it's, it's all about the COVID and the injury bug, right? Do you know who we sound like? Do you know who you sound like when you say that? You sound like Dave Scott. You sound like the same guy who has been criticized over and over again, as he should be, for, you know, well, we're going to write a blank check to get this right. What are we getting right, Dave? What are we getting right? Because blank checks is the reason why it's the problem. Anyway, my point is is that I, I've seen this show play out far too often. And it, far too often ends with heartbreak. Yeah. Or just massive disappointment. So as cool as it is, as fun as it is, yeah, I'm also not going to be like, oh, the, the Phillies are, are going to go to the postseason and make a statement. And, and considering that they're not even at 500 yet. Right. Even right. with a win today, they still won't be a 500. Right. But and I'm seeing everybody, everybody on Twitter. Oh, I'm all, I'm back in. I'm back in on the fills. It's been a week. It doesn't take as much, does it? has been a week. <laughs> the season's six months long. They've not, been a week. They've not 96 more games. Like, dude, now, they well, could easily go on a 10-game winning streak and then easily go on a 13-game losing streak. It happens. It, it Flyers do that all the time. So after oh. Milwaukee, it's Arizona. They suck. Miami, yeah, know, that'll be the that. ultimate test. Can that they, is the ultimate can test. Can they beat yes. the Marlins? Yeah. And then they have a five. If they can, it's the same old Phillies. Oh. This is the same team. They can beat the Marlins, and I'd still say it's the same old Phillies. They have a five-game series coming up with the Washington Nationals. A five-game series. That's cool. It's weird. I Because this will be their first time playing the Nationals, so it's not like one of these games is being made up from a doubleheader or from a rainout, rather. This right. is a doubleheader that is just pre-scheduled, which is weird. Right. Um, so they have five on the road at Washington, two on the road at Texas, four on the road at San Diego. That's an 11-game 
road trip. That trip will determine a lot. Right. Give me, give me seven. Give me seven wins on that road trip. I'm not just in. I'm buying playoff tickets. Right. Yeah. See, that's that's where. Yeah. That's where you draw the line. Yes. Right now. I know. That's that's yeah. me going overboard. Right. Uh, but now let's move. Let's move on to. But I'm glad you're going overboard because there's a lot of people that are. So that's you know you're representing the majority. I would say the fan base as of right now. As, listen, I have never been one to criticize this fan base, as we all know. Yeah. And so no. I, I I feel that I'm kind of a champion of the Philadelphia fan base. I, I, I feel that I have to really bring out the best in them. And I'm here to tell you all, lose your goddamn minds. This team is, is doing <laughs> stuff now. But let's go Let's go to our team that isn't doing anything, the Philadelphia Flyers. I have made it a mission every day until they do so. I am tweeting at the Flyers, did you hire Torsi yet? And uh, I'm doing that from our show's Twitter. Uh, the, uh, the second day in a row, the, the tweet was put out today. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this now, Cameron. Uh, the addition of Bruce Cassidy being uh, thrown into the pool of coaches you could pull from doesn't change my mind at all. I'm, yeah. st- I'm, I'm, on, I'm in on Torsi. I've been waiting six goddamn years for this. Yeah. I want what I want. They're going to give me what I want. Or, or so help me God. So help me God. Like, yeah. th- let me explain how much of an easy decision this is, uh, Klein. This is how much easy of a decision it is. Mm-hmm. This guy is Philadelphia. He is a tough, hard-nosed, son-of-a-bitch head coach that demands the best of his players and holds players accountable. Right. What have we been bitching about ever since we talk about every time they fire a head coach, we ask ourselves, when does it stop being the head coach's fault and we hold the players accountable? This guy does. Right. You know who else held players accountable? The late, great Fred Shiro. He held players accountable. Okay? And you know what? People tell me, well, you know what? John Torrell, he doesn't, you know, yeah, he's got one Stanley Cup. Okay, after that, he led the Columbus Blue Jackets to their first ever playoff series win against against the 66-win Tampa Bay Lightning, the team he had formerly coached. Right. He coached the New York Rangers quite successfully. Very successfully. He was in Very Vancouver with some success in Vancouver. I mean that that team was kind of fading when they got after they got rid of. Vino. I was I was going to ask you because you said like oh he went for he went to the Blue Jackets where he had success. I'm like yeah, but where was he right before that? Which is Vancouver, which he did that not. That team do was well. aging. That team was aging. Yeah. What other team is aging? Uh, well. Oh, uh, right, right. Just trade right. JVR for Johnny Gaudreau. Right. It'll all be fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, because like I agree with you. Like I, because I love John Tortorella, right? Like I just love him as a coach, as a guy. Uh, he's super entertaining. I've always enjoyed him. I've always like daydreamed about him being our coaches because I love that idea. But the practicality of it, when I start to think about it, don't get me wrong. Of, of the coaching candidates, yeah, like dude, you can't. Yeah. He's fine. Like anybody, anybody who would be upset about John Tortorella coming here, it's like, what? Come on, really? Well you, well, you don't really know John Tortorella, right? Right. Or, or it's just a thing of like you just you want to be right about whatever it is that you're you're. Opi- We've seen it a thousand times. I wonder if you, I wonder who you might be alluding to. No, but, not you. But I'm I'm saying like just anybody. Oh no, like, I know, I know it ain't me. Yeah, like like you know some people you know they just they just want to be right, so they're just like oh, I, I he's not I don't want him I don't want him for this this and this and then you try to manifest that all the time. Oh yeah. Anyway, my point is as I'm as I'm manifesting Torrell. No, but my point is is like <laughs> it, the situation here is similar to the situation in Vancouver when he went there. And my point is is as good of a coach as he is, as good of a coach as any of these guys are, they can't fix what might be happening with the right. roster. And and I think when it comes to the most the more important thing, what they should be going for, which is not what they're going to be going for, is a new general manager. Yeah. Well, yes, yes, that wasn't what I was going to say, but yes, that is That's player awesome. development. Guys who can actually develop these prospects. Because how many of these prospects have actually been developed in the last 20 years? Other than the the stark couple of few that were just good and naturally automatically were going to be well, successful no matter what. You know what? I'm, I'm actually glad you mentioned player development. Because let's take a look at the three main, remaining teams in mm-hmm. the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
the Tampa Bay Lightning, the yeah. New York Rangers, yeah. and the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. The New York Rangers developed talent well. They developed Igor Shosturkin. They developed Adam Fox. They have, uh, but there were also players that they, they were also players that they were able to get. Yeah, they were able to get yeah. an Artemi Panarin. Right, and um, Mika Zibanejad, yeah, Jacob Truba, Jacob yeah. Truba. Now they they had uh, Chris Kreider for you know feels like he's been on that team for fifty years. It does feel like a really long time. But here's the thing that I'll also throw at you. The ability to develop talent and acquire star talent is what makes teams in the NHL great. Yes. The co- the yes, Edmonton yes. Oilers did not reach the Western Conference Final because they had a stellar bottom six. Right. They had they reached the Western Conference Final because they had an okay team propelled by the greatest superstar in the last thirty years in NHL history. Yeah. The, pretty, pretty much, right? Yeah. But let's take other champions from previous years. How did they develop talent? The Pittsburgh Penguins are probably the quintessential example of player development. Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, uh, uh, Justin Schultz, Evgeny Malkin, Marc-Andre Fleury, Matt Murray, Tristan Jerry, uh, Casey DeSmith. These are names that have been a part of a great run in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. T- uh, 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 I guess I think his name was Tyler Kennedy when he was there in Pittsburgh. They had um, a Bo um, – oh, my God, what the hell was his name? Bo uh, Bennett. Bo Bennett. They had mm-hmm. Bo Bennett. He was a pretty solid player for them. He was. He was. The ability to acquire star players in the draft, develop them, and also add to them by being successful in, in getting – just good depth around those stars. Yes. That's a big part of it as well. What do the Phillies as I watch the Phillies, the Phillies game, what do the Flyers do well yeah. right now? Have they developed anyone? And I mean anyone that you could say that is a that is a piece you can you can have on your team for the next ten years and he will contribute to a Stanley Cup winning team. When you look at that team, the best player that they have developed is the goalie. It ain't enough. Yeah. Ivan Provorov should have been a top one talent defenseman. He is not. He's a good defenseman. I still believe in Ivan Provorov's future. Travis Sanheim is a good defenseman. I still believe in his future. A lot of people want to trade him for William Nylander because the math works. These guys are just depth pieces. You need a star. You need to get a big-time player. Right. Cameron, I'm with you. They can't get that big time player. They're, oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, cap they have, strapped they have, yeah, in yeah. contracts of Kevin Hayes and James Van Riemsdyk and yeah. and and Rasmus Ristolainen. Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you've mired yourself in mediocrity for for all of this. Yeah. That the best you can be will be a second wild card team and the easy dinner prey to a team the like the Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay and Carolina Hurricanes. Pick your poison. Right. That's what they are. That's yeah. Can they change? Yeah. Could they change that this year? God no. No. Could they put? Could they get the right head coach, who knows how to identify young talent, bring him in, have let say to him, "Your this is your draft," and then they begin to remove certain pieces and begin to add certain pieces for a run later down the line. Could they do that? Yes. Right. Would it be fun to watch? Not necessarily, because you know the team's going to be bad. But if you want to go the, about this the right way and become the next New York Rangers, if you want to be the Colorado Avalanche and have a Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Kale McCarr. God, there's so many great players yeah. on that team. Yeah. Andre Burakovsky. If you want to do that, it's not a quick fix. You're not going to do it overnight. No. And the biggest problem, Cameron, is that Chuck Fletcher, he is not the man for the job. 
He's some, I would agree. He is someone that I think that you bring in if your team's already great, and he's a guy that can wheel and deal for like a like a Jason Zucker from Minnesota. Which was the idea of why they brought him in in the first place. They didn't expect this, and yeah. this is exactly what happened. So now yeah. you got to decide who, where do you want to go from here. And I think within by midseason they'll know it's not Chuck Fletcher, and he'll be gone. I think he'll be gone. Like I, I just don't see how he's going to keep his job. I think so too. I think so too. And again, like like you're saying though too, it's like then should that guy be making this? Uh, th- what this podcast is turning into again is another episode of depressing Flyers talk. Because that's that's well, okay, kind of where you and I. Well, it stand. is because like, what's there to be happy about? Like everyone, right? Like, I mean, right. I, listen, I know you guys love the Knicks. <laughs> I'm never, I'm never not gonna get over that. Yeah. But let's talk about a team that has been great for a long time, the Boston Bruins. Now, they fired Bruce Cassidy. Yes. He won Coach of the Year. The year that I honestly thought Elaine Vigneault should have won Coach of the Year. Right. And I still think Elaine Vigneault should have won Coach of the Year. I do, too. So, there has been talk that they are willing to move on from pieces and that they are kind of ready to start tearing it down and trying to get and retool and rebuild and whatever you want to call it. One of the names mentioned that they would be willing to trade is David Posture. Yeah, Posh himself, the Dunkin' Donut man. If a guy like that is available for trade... If you're the Flyers, I understand you don't have a lot of cap space. I think you've got to try and move in on a, on a player like that. That is a player that l- changes the look, shape, and form of your team immediately. And I understand. I get it. I don't know how much he's being paid. Someone do the spot track movement on that. Right. Here's my counter. Yep. Uh, would you say that Claude Giroux is a player that changes the chemical makeup of your team? At this point in his career, I wouldn't say so. Yeah, but I'm saying when he was in his prime. Oh, absolutely. And what did he do when he was here? Not a, Who is Posh not going to be with? That's my question. Who's going to be passing it to him? Who's going to be setting him up? This is a not dark. Cla- not Claude Giroux. This is a dark tunnel, Justin. This is this. Is, we right. are in a dark cave. <laughs> you thought about this, haven't you? I didn't. But you just thought of it now. Yeah. As soon as you, because because don't be wrong, like Posh would be great. He would be awesome. But so, so just trade JVR for Johnny Gaudreau, and we could pair Johnny Gaudreau with David. That's Pine. it. Yeah, there it is. Wow, you figured it out. <laughs> It worked in NHL 20. Yeah, why, I, did, why did GMs even I, make money? When I turned on trade sliders. Yep. Why, like, why did GMs even make money if we could do it? <laughs> no, that's an actual really good point. That's actually a... Like, who... That's who really, like, I didn't you're, like, I was going to say, because like, like, you are absolutely 100% correct, right? That, that they should look into it. They should, and that it, it, it would change the chemical makeup of a team. But would it be enough? Absolutely not. Well, I look at... I don't think it would. I, look I could at, be wrong. I look at what that team has over in Boston... And they've got a lot. They've got obviously Patrice Bergeron, who won his fifth. Can we talk about this for a second? <laughs> Dude, he's he won his fifth Selkie. Is I is he the greatest all around player? We got I mean, in our generation. He's I won would five say, Selkies. Yeah. The guy went into the 2013 Stanley Cup final with a punctured lung. <laughs> a lot of people forget that. <laughs> yeah, and he just was like, "Well, you know, got to try to win the cup. It's a cup." I mean, what do you want me to do? God, God damn you, Chicago He's Blackhawks. He's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But Patrice Bergeron, to me, is one of the most unreal. And the league recognizes him, but they still don't recognize him enough. Well, because he's such a – he's not a marketable star. That's his problem. Yeah, no, he's very quiet. So they he's don't, very, they yeah, don't like yeah, to talk yeah. about it. But, like, if we want to look at, like, what the Boston Bruins had this season, we go through it. David Pasternak had 40 goals and 37 assists. Brad Marchand had 48 assists. Everyone hates Brad Marchand. He's, he's an amazing player. He's you would an amazing take him, player. You yeah. would take him on your team in a heartbeat. Don't even come for me with that. Yeah, Patrice Bergeron, 40 assists. Taylor Hall, 40 assists. Charlie McAvoy, 46 assists. Charlie Coyle, 28 assists. So, yeah, uh-huh, Cameron, I see what you're saying. 
And then you look at the Flyers. I don't think they had two players with 40 points. No, it granted, felt that way. No, granted, none of them are passing to David Pasternak because he's going to put up 40 goals a year. So, like, uh, you know, would, he would elevate their numbers, but I don't think he would elevate their numbers enough. He's kind of, you know, the it's same kind of time, like, it's kind of like a Phil Kessel in Toronto. And Right, right. That's, yeah. I think, a pretty I good... Would, I would, that's a, uh, to me, that's a perfect comparison. And the thing is, too, is, like, who was who his, his line mate? The guy you just mentioned, Patrice Bergeron. So you got a guy who um, my voice is cracking. It's fine. If <laughs> I do it all the time, you, you got a guy who can play make really really well, has a two hundred foot game that's arguably the best in, in in the league according to five Selkie trophies. It is the best. Five Selkies. Yeah, that means you're the best all around player. That's Pasternak's line mate. Who's going to be Pasternak's line mate if he came here? Couturier, who don't get me wrong, is is a Patrice Bergeron like player. He's not as good as Bergeron. But he's up there, right? Like I would I, say, he's up there in in terms of the two way forwards. We just in the don't league. know how much of a step back his game is going to take, especially now, with these injuries. With these injuries, I mean, that ideally you put Couturier, Pasternak, and then I guess probably probably Cam Atkinson. Yeah, but now you have now you have two solid goal scorers on one line. That line would be great, but maybe there's not a lot of depth there, not a lot of balance throughout the whole lineup. But what no. do you do? What do you do? What do you right right? What do you do? What do you, what do? Do, you do? This is this it's is a, un- it's a clusterfuck. This is unfortunately where <laughs> this is unfortunately where Flyers fans have to come with a dark reality. I understand yeah. that there are a lot of Flyers podcasters out there. We know and res- we we know and respect them all. We 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 love them. Um, there's a lot of them that have an optimism about this franchise because I think they just, they need to, they need to see it. They want to see it so badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what I just mentioned with the Phillies. And that, yeah, then that's, that's how I am with my, the Miami Dolphins too. It, so I, it hurts. I get it. It hurts to think about with the Flyers, but the truth, the cold truth is that you're not pulling off any miraculous turnaround no matter what you do. Yeah. Unless the NHL decided this year, no more salary cap. Right. <laughs> that would be your way in. Yeah. And the Flyers just decide, okay, we are going to go balls to the wall and spend $300 million on players this year. Right. The Flyers aren't going to do that. No. They're not going to do that. Phillies just won, by the way. Thank God. They were they, were, that, they yeah. were they were flirting with the idea of blowing it. I they saw were, it was 8-3. 8-3. Yeah. It was almost 8-4. Guy almost beat out an infield hit. It would have brought the tying run on deck, which I was that, – that's that's a sexy thought. But instead, <laughs> the, the Phillies were just like, okay, we'll just finish this off. <laughs> not a problem. Um, right. What I was going to say, though – Yeah. They don't have that luxury that MLB teams do, for example, where right. there is no salary cap, and, they, and the, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers right. spent $400 million. I want John Tortorella to be the head coach, but I would be happy if Barry Trotz was our head coach. I'd be happy if Bruce Cassidy was our right. head coach. Right, I'd be happy. Yeah, no, I'd be happy with any yeah, of them. Yeah, any of those know? three. Like I, and I don't, really, I don't really know if I have a preference. Like my preference might be Barry Trotz. I think you're more of a Trotz guy. But again, in terms of player development, like he's, he's developed some, but he's not known for it. Oh, but he also he also has changed people's games. And he, we, we reference Alex Ovechkin's yes, change yes. under him. And quite he a worked bit. as a scout with the Washington Capitals yes. for a long time. He's like, able to recognize young talent. Uh, yeah, fuck it, just go hire Todd Reardon. Let's make right. him the head coach. <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be a train wreck. But yeah. the point is that we're all trying to make here. I I really do understand how a lot of you feel about this team um, trying to make a quick turnaround. It's just not going to happen. It Mir- isn't. Miracles don't happen. The only chance you have of seeing a turnaround, and I'm being genuine, and, and this is this is how far of a shot it is, is if for 
some reason, next year, every player on the Flyers plays to the highest potential that they possibly have as an NHLer. Yeah. And they somehow win 48 games, and they go to this Eastern Conference Final, and they upset a great team like a Carolina Hurricanes, like a New York Rangers, like a Tampa Bay Lightning, and they find themselves in the Stanley Cup Finals. Do you understand the the fiery hoops they'd have to jump through and how small those hoops are? It doesn't happen. This is a long build, and it's been a long time coming. I Hell, hell. My goal, my immediate goal for the Flyers, have a head coach by the draft. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah. Please just have a head coach by the draft. Which is not – it's crazy that you have to ask. It's <laughs> not a given. It yeah. could not happen. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, which just makes it all worse. And I'm again, s- and it's and it's reasons why – it's the reason why, like, the, the rest the rest of the line in signing. When people say, like, oh, he brings this, he brings that, that's – yeah, he does. He does. He brings benefits to a hockey team. Mm-hmm. But the situation the Flyers are in, it doesn't – it, it – it, it traps you further into the hole. Oh yeah. If it doesn't work out, it's not going to work out because the chances are that it's going to work out are, are astronomically low compared to the chances are that it's not going to work out. Right? Like it's everything you just said is true. I have nothing to add that is of substance to what you just said because you just said it all. Yep. It's a t- it's a tough conversation. It's yeah. a tough conversation, and it makes what we're doing right now sad, depressing. It is. But the Phillies have won now seven in a row, so we have that to at least yeah. hang on to for another day. And I also Sixers might trade Tyrus Maxey for you know another a big three. I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think it's gonna happen. I hope not. I they, they're not. They're not gonna trade Tyrese Maxey. They learned, They saw what happened when they didn't trade him and how much it worked out for them. They're, You're right. You're right. They're not gonna do it. And the same with Aaron Donald was never gonna actually retire. He was just saying yeah. that to get as much money as he possibly could out of the Rams. Yeah, and he um, did. But I'll also go ahead and say this he real did. quick. Yeah. I always do that. I didn't say. I always do that. I, no, it's not going to be okay when one day something breaks. Well, yeah, no, then it's not going to be okay. Then it's not going to be okay. <laughs> Moving on, Sharon. Right. Um, when we were at the game, yes. Cameron Cameron bought me my dinner. And Cameron, I just want to thank you. Yeah, well, okay, so fun fact. Last year, we went to the Stefanski game where he got caught in between second and third. Janikowski. And got, Janikowski. And he got uh, tagged out by the catcher. Um, How did he get tagged out by the catcher we, in second? We all went to Campos and... I was waiting at Campos, and I think uh, I think Anthony Bruno was waiting at Campos with me. Jimmy, was it Jimmy that was waiting with me? And you went with Bruno. Yep. Okay. All right. And yeah, you were just like, yeah, get me a cheesesteak. And I thought like, <laughs> right. And then we go to sit down, and you just went, "Where's my?" I, I asked you. I was, like, I was like, "Did you not get me?" I, I asked actually. I think I asked you. Did you forget? And to kindly say, like, did you seriously just fuck me over? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I was just like, oh Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, as soon as soon as we walked back in, I was like, okay, yeah, dude, I gotta. So he buys I me a cheesesteak. Now, yeah. what Cameron had also done, and I, I loved this. This was a power play move by you. What? You purchased a pride hat uh, at the Phillies game, and we're wearing it throughout the duration. Yes. And then you bought me dinner, and then don't praise me for that. It's you know. Well, I just I thought it was a cool move. I, I did think it was cool. Thanks. Um, and then you bought me dinner, and then you later said, "It goes, you know, it's kind of funny how you know I, I'm wearing this hat, and <laughs> I buy you dinner." Yeah. And I turned to you. I was like, "Would have been even funnier if I'd have been like, I shouldn't have fries. I'm trying to watch my win." <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I even told that. Yeah. I even told that story to um to my to my brother who lives out in San Francisco, and he he got a pretty good kick out of that yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, it was, but the thing is, like, because everybody like no, nobody cares. No and one would have shouldn't. ever said. No one would have ever yeah. said anything. And right, you're right. Like no one would care. No one should care. I just want to quickly say, like about Pride Month, I am just yeah. so cool, or not. So I'm so happy. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking cool. I'm man. so isolating. I'm that. so I'm in. so isolating that one. 
Don't. I'm so cool. And then we're going to get it back on the soundboard. We're going to get the soundboard back working next week, and we're going to hear it. I'm really happy <laughs> that people are having yeah. discussions about uh, Pride Engagement, Pride Month. Right. Uh, a lot of people... Don't, they don't like to have these uncomfortable conversations. And we've been having to have them more and more as a, as a society, especially in the United States, especially after what happened to George Floyd a couple of years ago and talking about systemic racism. But a lot of people seemingly think that, you know, we don't have to have as many talks about pride and, and gay people and gay rights and trans rights because of what happened in 2015 when the Supreme Court ruled that gay marriage could yeah. not be uh, constitutionally denied. But – it's so it's not it's not as simple as that. I wish it was as simple as that. It's the same it's the same argument as people saying with the civil rights movement. Like exactly. oh well we well, we, we figured it out in the 60s. Yeah, so did we though? The bigotry, I don't think we did. the hatred, the discrimination, it it requires more engagement from people like you, the listener, from us, the host, those who are not only tolerant but it's not even a matter of like just being out on the streets necessarily. It doesn't have to always be that. Being an ally is about listening. Being an ally is about you know being there for someone who might not feel like that their voice is being heard or might not feel like that they're not being supported. And I just want to say to anyone that listens to this, if, if you know or love someone or you yourself celebrate pride, I want to let you know that like I care about you. I care about you know your rights. I care about you feeling safe in a country where seemingly less and less you know days in a, we just don't feel as safe as we used to. There's always no. some sort of ongoing threat right at the moment and I, yeah. and I don't want to get too much into that aspect but i just want to let you know out there that uh this is a special month we have juneteenth as well coming up yeah. and my work is actually being real cool because they're actually bringing larry fitzgerald onto a team's call to talk about that type of awareness for juneteenth and talk Holy about I, I, you know what i want to shit really yeah L- larry fitz I, larry fitzgerald pittsburgh guy you know so wow so i'm I, i'm 100 percent larry fitz is this shit he's not only like my favorite non-eagle of all time dude yeah he's one of the most intelligent human beings you can ever meet oh incredibly smart so smart so intelligent insanely athletically gifted that is best hands in football history larry fitzgerald uh, he's he's in the conversation yeah dude for as consistently long as he's didn't yeah Mm -hmm. that's yeah so it's it's really it's a travesty he's never he never won won a super bowl I will say this, he did catch the go-ahead touchdown in the Super Bowl against the Steelers. Yeah, yeah it was incredible. It was one of the greatest. Like, if that play holds up, that might be the NFL logo to get today. Like, it's just a silhouetted version of Larry Fitzgerald with his dreadlocks flowing in the background as he's running to the end zone. That yeah. I'm telling you would be like yeah. the logo. And and unfortunately, that there was an equally cool, if not better, throw. The, I think it's the I think it's the greatest Super it's Bowl thrown catch ever. Unbelievable! It's, it's, it's the, unbelievable. And I hate Ben Roethlisberger, but it's unbelievable. But yeah, no. But back to your to your pride conversation. Yeah, no. Um. Yeah, that was actually the reasoning behind getting the hat. At first, I was just like, I, I want a hat. I want a mm-hmm. new Phillies hat. Went in, and I was just like, you know what? It's June, Pride Month. They got to have some Pride hats, right? They did. It was a black hat with the Phillies logo. The Phillies logo is a rainbow. I love it. I just love the way it looks. It looks fantastic. Because I was looking online, and they had a red hat with the rainbow logo. I, I didn't like that. Well, I don't. I, I like the darker contrast. Exactly. To have it be highlighted a exactly. little bit more. There's not enough contrast, and it just kind of looked not as great. You know, the contrast makes it pop. The P makes the, the black pop. The pop makes the P pop. Everything's popping. We're all popping here. Did you take the graphic design class in, in Shippensburg? Did you ever take yeah, that class? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I did too. Like, I still have my textbooks from like really? that class. Because really? right? I enjoyed graphic design. It was yeah. a lot of fun, yeah. It was a lot of fun. But no, um, back to it. Yeah, back to the... The, the crux of the conversation yes. is just simply that this time of the... Like this month, I really do want to kind of use my platform as a chance to let everyone know out there 
that these uncomfortable conversations, there's a reason they're uncomfortable. They're not right. supposed to be easy. Right. Right. It's not like I'm going to sit down with a, uh, with a cup of joe and you know we're going to have a big powwow and laugh about it. No, because there is a lot of deep-rooted hatred amongst a lot of people, and those people you can never change. Yeah. I want to make it clear. Spend your time. If you ever want to have these conversations, don't waste your breath on one person who you know won't change, but be willing to spend your breath on a dozen people that are willing to at least listen. Right. Because those are the people that we want on our side. Not so much for the reason of like, oh, we want greater numbers. No, no. We want allies to be aware. Be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of what you see. Yeah. You know, speak out if you think that there is something yeah. wrong. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, one of my, one of my, if not my best friend, one of my best friends is gay. Um, uh, I have family that have recently come out as well over the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and um, just listening to them and their stories, it's what? Just talk to somebody. I mean, seriously, it's 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 it's, it's that simple. If if you feel some kind of discomfort, if you feel some some type of way about about a, a same sex person, talk to them. Simply talk to them. Have a conversation. It's as simple as that. And then you'll start to see their perspective of things and why they feel this need to, to – or why they need to be reminded, need to be told that they have allies, they have friends out there in the field that give a shit. They care about them. They care about them as humans. That They want to see them succeed. They want to see them happy. They want to see them safe. Um, do that. It's my biggest recommendation. Having those conversations with one of my best friends about this type of stuff because we both grew up in a similar neighborhood and similar area, and to hear his perspective on how he grew up compared to mine when we grew up not even five minutes from each other and how yeah. different it was. Yes, how, how much harder and more how much how much more difficult it was. Grew up in the same household as my brother. Right. Unbelievable the perspectives that we like. He and I just have such different ideas of what our childhoods were like. Yeah. Because he was gay or is gay, and his life was a lot different. Yeah. Now I just want to point something out. There's another reason why I brought this up. Yes. Did you hear? Maybe you did. Maybe you at home heard. Five players from the Tampa Bay Rays organization. Oh, yeah. Declined to wear the LGBTQ plus logo on their uniform, citing citing faith-based decisions. I'm just going to – how many minutes are we at with recording, by the way? Uh, 38. Cool. You got time. I'm going to say this. Suck a dick. Not even that. It's that's what I'm going to say. That's awesome. That's what I'm going to say. That's my, my yeah. I'm going to say this. Your bullshit reasoning for religion is so stupid and so weak, and it's a lie. It is a flat-out lie. Because if you were truly Christian, if you truly were Christian, you would know that Jesus' words were always, love thy neighbor, be good to one another. You can't be bothered to wear a patch for all of how many nights do you think they would have worn that patch? I don't even know if they're still wearing the patch. I don't know. Maybe it's for all of June. Maybe it was one game. I don't know. I right. really don't know. Right. But what I do know is that for you five players to be so uncomfortable with the idea of wearing a patch as as if this patch will, will give you some sort of some sort of disease or you couldn't be bothered, you'll be ashamed, you'll be embarrassed. Because if you weren't gonna be embarrassed, if you weren't gonna be ashamed, you would have worn the damn patch. It's a patch. And Jack Flaherty, a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, going on Twitter and blasting the five of you losers. And you are losers for how you felt about this. Jason Adam, Jalen Beeks, Brooks Raley, Jeffrey Springs, and Ryan Thompson. Screw every last one of you. Screw you. And I get it. A lot of you. 
Maybe some of you listening feel that it's their decision. And I've always been on the side of it's your call, it's your call, it's your call. At the end of every show, I say get vaccinated if you can. It's not mandatory. I know you don't have to get vaccinated if you don't want to. That's your right. I don't necessarily like that it's you, that you're choosing that way, but you know what? I recognize that it's your right. But you're going to sit there and tell me that these guys couldn't be fucked to just wear a damn patch. These people that 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 just couldn't do it for a group of individuals that have been persecuted, murdered, assaulted, hated on for the history of time ever since you know we've known about being gay. From the start of mankind, you couldn't wear a little something on your chest. And then you wonder, and then you wonder why there are still social problems in this community and in this nation. Tampa Bay, Florida, guess what? There's a lot of people in Florida that are gay. There's a lot of people in America that are gay. There's a lot of people worldwide that are gay. And they have to go through coming out to their parents for the first time and not knowing how their parents are going to react. They have to come out to their friends at some point when they're ready and not know how their friends are going to react. And I can remember just how my, my, how my brother came out to me. He did it very nonchalantly. But I know that he was nervous as all hell when he came out to my parents. And if he asked me to wear a pin, I would. And I do every day at my job because it's the right thing to do. Their reasoning doesn't even, didn't even make any sense to me personally. Their reasoning was like, well, uh, our religious ideas that we don't agree with that way of life. But then, but then they said, whoever it was that said it was like, but you know, we want them to feel safe and comfortable coming to the ballpark. How can you? Well, then you, well, then you, but then you just, you flat out told them you're not comfortable wearing something that, you know, that simply, that simply said like, we're, we're not asking you, we're not asking you to engage in their way of life. We're not asking you to do that. They're not asking you to do that. They're not. It was one night. It was. It was. It's, it was it's, one night. That's even more. Sixteenth annual Pride Night celebration. Raised caps and uniforms pathetic. had logos colored in the style of the modern LGBTQ plus Pride flag, but not everyone in the clubhouse chose to participate. Again, these players do. At the end of the day, they have the right to choose what they want to do. That's true. Yeah. In the same way, You're, you also have the right to be judged. Uh huh. And I'm and judging be judged. the hell out of all yeah. of you. That's fine. Again, you're, you're, we're, we're not saying you should be demonized. We're not saying that you should be sent to jail. We're not saying you should never play baseball again. But you should think about what you've we're done. We're simply saying that we are ashamed of you. We're disappointed. And I mean that in the fullest extent that I possibly can mean. As a sports fan, that's another reason. Like, like that had, didn't even happen when I bought the hat, right? But that is an, an exact reason why I bought the hat. I love sports. One of my favorite things to do when hanging out with friends, especially friends that don't like sports, especially the friend I mentioned before, he's not a big he's not big into sports. He just hasn't been and never has been in his entire life. And that's totally fine. But I love talking to him about sports. I love sharing that love with him. And I want to be able to do that with him, with other people, with my family members, and them not think of me in a certain way. Now, because of you five dumb fucks down in Florida, because you didn't want to wear a rainbow patch, I now, if I'm watching baseball and one of my other friends or family members or whoever sees me watching baseball, there's a possibility that they're going to see that and they're going to go, maybe Cam feels the same way they do. Possible. You can't, you, you, like, you don't know. You don't know how they're going to take it. And I'm not going to have that put on me because you five couldn't They couldn't, couldn't be bothered. They couldn't be bothered. Be one honest, night. Be honest. You couldn't man up enough to wear a goddamn Ooh, pen. Oh, yeah. Let's be real. Let's be real. You're a, you're, you're a pussy. You're a pussy. Because you don't want to wear a pin? 
It's not about. Oh faith. well, I don't agree with that way of life. It's not about faith. Don't give me the whole faith thing. Don't I, put, don't pin this all on Christianity. That's the other thing too. Like I have plenty of Christian friends that, that don't give a shit because it's not their life. It's not your life. So who gives a shit? Just just ridiculous. Just a ridiculous. Oh, ridiculous I don't agree notion. with that way of life. Okay, I I don't agree with the way of life of people not using their turn signals. What are we doing here? Does that mean I'm I don't support them? I mean Christ, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We're asking you to wear a patch. Just put, just, just, just wear your uniform. I think a lot of guys decided that it's just a lifestyle that maybe, not that they look down on anybody or think differently. It's just maybe, it's just that maybe we don't want to encourage it if we believe in Jesus. Encourage so why it. would you, why would you not want to encourage it if you don't look down on it? Ex- Firstly, it's as simple as that. It's a simple question. You don't want to encourage it? Are, are you insinuating this is all a choice at the end of the day as well? That's a whole other. That's right, a whole other right, can of worms. Right. I'm not no, even going to get seriously, into. Seriously, seriously. So it's a disappointing decision, and I'm not going to demand you guys lose your jobs. I'm not going to demand you guys lose your paychecks. I'm not going to demand any of that. What I'm going to demand, what I'm going to demand, is that you guys take a good long look in the mirror and ask yourselves, was it really worth it? I don't encourage that. I don't. Okay, they don't. They don't encourage everybody to be gay. They simply are encouraging. Okay, can we, I am who I am. Just can, accept me. Can you accept me? Can you tolerate right. me? Can you treat me like a normal person? And guess what? For about the first, I don't know. God knows how many centuries of humanity? No, well, the answer was no. That was more in modern history. Back in ancient Rome, ancient Greece, they didn't give a shit. I kind of forget about that part. Yeah. yeah. The whole gay thing hasn't really... It's been, in terms of the time of history on Earth, it's, it's recent that it's been un, un, unacceptable. But anyway. It's, anyway. it's a shame to have to go down this route on a show that we like to have a lot of fun with. Yeah. But it's a necessary conversation. It is. It is. And I'm, I'm glad we're doing it because I'm glad I don't even I don't care anymore. I'm hot today. You already knew I was hot coming yeah. in. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really glad that you brought this up because I wasn't expecting anything like this to be brought up. Um, but yeah, I don't. I, I just, don't. I just I, know I, how my brother would want me to feel. Or he or I, rather, I, let me rephrase that. I know how my brother would feel reading that thread. He wouldn't cry. He wouldn't get all mad. He would just be like, well, that's just people in sports. And you know what the and that's truth? the saddest part. Because sports is for everyone. It should be. It, we we hear, I had I have to hear it all the time. I it it should it be for everyone. All the time that the reason why I was so close with my brother, my my one brother and my father was because we all shared sports. And Alex felt very ostracized as a result because right. he didn't like he didn't care about he was music he was a musician he played piano and all that stuff and he felt uncomfortable. If I had known that and if I had the knowledge that I had now. The amount of times I would have invited him just to sit next to me to watch an Eagles game. The amount of times I would have asked him to come to a Phillies game with me. Maybe it wouldn't have meant much in the long run, but do you not think in that moment it wouldn't have meant something to him? I wish I could do that. I wish I could fly to San Francisco whenever the Phillies go out to the Bay Area. Let's just go to a game, man. Just you and me. But a lot of people feel that sports is for a specific type of person, and it's these five that encourage that mentality. For Cameron Klein, my name is Justin Goodhart. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Fly Guys Podcast, at Cameron Klein15, at Goodhart Justin. Cameron, we'll have a head coach soon enough. Hopefully. Will. Hopefully. And we'll have an emergency podcast whenever that happens. Yes. In, in our own way. <laughs> yes. The Philadelphia Phillies have won seven in a row. This is a great feeling. Uh, I'm having fun with it. I want to leave you with one word today, and that is the word of love. It's the theme of the month. Tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your sister, tell your brother, tell your girlfriend, tell your boyfriend, wife, or husband, doesn't matter who, that you love them. Because at the end of the day, those people are the ones that you go home to every day. 
Be happy. Be healthy. Get vaccinated if you can. And as always, let's go Flyers.